Well, hello, everyone. I'm Mr. Jones. And I'm Mrs. Jones. And we'd like to welcome you back to the Blissbringers podcast. <laughs> what? Well, you did it again. What did I do? You said welcome to the Blissbringers podcast. <sighs> I'm not sure why I keep saying Blissbringers. Blissbringers. <laughs> We're, we got a thing. We got a thing. Uh, you know, maybe it's that last episode that I listened to. Miss, Mr. Cindy has got some sort of a hold over me. You are really intrigued by her dominatrix style. Yeah, yes. I've always, you know, I'm not I'm really not experienced any kink before, but every time I listen to her, there's some sort of an attraction there that I think I'd like to explore someday when we meet. Yes, and you keep making so many mistakes on um, our podcast. I think you need to be punished. Yeah, anyway, so back to our podcast. What's <laughs> the name of our podcast? We are We Got a Thing. And we are who? We are Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Yes, and we are. we are a... We're a longtime married couple who has um, just decided to venture into the swinging lifestyle about a year ago, and we have decided to chronicle all of our adventures um, both good and bad, and talk about various sex-positive topics. We're on episode seven, so we're just getting started, and we would really love it if you guys would check us out and join us on our journey. And we certainly appreciate the Blissbringers and other podcasters who really we've been listening to for the past year to year and a half, as we've really used podcasting as a way to educate ourselves on what the lifestyle looks like. So the Blissbringers and others have been a big part of that. Anyway, maybe we should get back to... We got a thing. Yes, we should. Yes, and we have a website. And we do. It, and it's what we got a thing.com. I want to make sure I get this right this time. And you can find us on iTunes. And our email address is we got a thing at gmail.com. And I think you can follow us on Twitter at we got a thing. Did I get all that right? I think you did, honey. Okay, so anyway, um, we are Mr. and Mrs. Jones, and we got a thing. What's your thing? Welcome to our Blissbringers podcast. The materials we cover encourage adults of all ages, nationalities, and sexualities to open up and embrace their wildest desires and blissful pleasures. You won't find medical advice here, just our personal experiences following the journey of sexual evolution and education in sizzling fun topics that were definitely not taught to us in school, but have wickedly blossomed into reality. We discuss adventures in ethical non-monogamy, kinks and fetishes, exotic places to visit, sexy events, workshops, and tips. Allow us to seduce you into embarking on new adventures where each day you ask yourself, what's your pleasure? Welcome back, everybody. I'm John. With me is my wonderful wife, Mistress Cindy. And we have somebody who snuck in here. Is that you, Bob? That would be me, John. I want to know more about Bob. I do. What do you want to know, Mistress? So I would like to know, how do you describe yourself personally and your sexuality? Well, for me, I guess I consider myself just an open-minded person. Luckily, I met somebody early in my life who was more open-minded than me, and she took me on a, a journey that's led us here. We don't really have any labels on us. I guess you'd say we're swingers, but we're primarily just open, open-minded people, open to just about anything. My wife asked me before, do we consider ourselves nudist? Because it seems like uh, we get naked a lot. She doesn't consider herself a nudist, but I do. I consider myself a poly guy, a kinkster, a swinger, a little bit of all those things, I guess. That's good. I guess the difference with a nudist is that a nudist wants to be nude just for being nude, where swinger just considers it a step on the way. Okay, so Bob, where are you located? We live in the wonderful city of New Orleans. I would be nude. It's just too bloody hot down there. <laughs> 
we're kind of lucky. We live in a, a small little place. It's called Privé. It's a small little compound of six units, apartments, I guess, with a shared pool and hot tub and cabana bar and a little fire pit. And the whole place is uh, deemed clothing optional. So we hang out with our friends there. Make it all the time. It sounds like a, a heavenly compound. I want one of those. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome to come visit for sure. And I'll come visit you in San Francisco, one of my other favorite cities. I would like to know personally, do you have like a sexy pleasure that you prefer? Well, I guess uh, I'm kind of known as the ass man. So <laughs> I'm kind of into into booties, I must say. Booties. Does that include anal sex? I hope so. Sure. <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I identify more on the, the kinkster side, so I have to ask you, are you the receiver or the giver? So far, just the giver. Okay. Would you be open to the other? We've kind of tried around with that a little bit, and I haven't had too much success with it. But uh, I guess I couldn't say it never could happen. You just haven't met the right partner yet. I guess not. Let's talk. <laughs> so... Uh, we met you guys the first time we went to Naughty New Orleans. Gosh, is that 2008, honey? Yeah, once upon a long ago. 2009 was our first year. We had such a blast with you all. It was just a great event. It was fantastic that we went the following year also, so two years in a row. We got to get back there. You got to come back. There's just so much going on in the summertime. So, you know, before we jump into just hearing a little bit about you know, what's going on with the cruises, because you guys have really grown since we first met. I would like to talk a little about Naughty New Orleans to give people a snapshot of how awesome this event is, whether or not they're beginners or advanced, they should be going to this event. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it? We've lived in New Orleans for 20 years, and we used to go to a lot of conventions and parties around the country. And everyone we told we were from New Orleans said one of two things. They said, that's either our favorite city or that's the one city we haven't been to that we really want to go to. So it kind of put a seed in the back of our minds to start doing something a little bit bigger in New Orleans. We were already having monthly parties, and we thought, let's do one really big party a year. And that's grown from about 100 couples to somewhere around 800 couples now. So this year we'll have somewhere between 1,600 and 2,000 people. Wow. And It doesn't feel that large when you're there. It feels close, like a close-niche family. Well, one thing we do is we have a lot of different private parties going on in the French Quarter, in different places on Bourbon Street. So no one venue is really huge and has a thousand people in it. But there's a lot of smaller venues that have different theme nights and different things going on. Even our main ball, we have two different ballrooms. So we have more electronic music in one and more traditional dance music in the other. So it gives people a more intimate option than just one giant, huge 2,000-person party. Yeah, you, you can jump from party to party if you want, or from bar to bar. <laughs> we were jumping from bar to bar because they had air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And there was that is true. It's so nice because people can walk down Bourbon Street during Naughty New Orleans, and most of the people in the quarter and on Bourbon Street are actually with the convention. So everywhere they go, you see people waving and high-fiving and yeah, they do. talking and meeting on the street. And then they head into these private parties. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. You know what was great is that all the restaurants and the, the bars, they had signs outside saying, welcome swingers. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, did we just enter heaven? This is awesome. Someone's actually welcoming us. <laughs> yeah. well, New Orleans is unique that way in that it opens its arms to... Uh, the gay lifestyle, swinging lifestyle. We have bikers come here and we have corporate conventions. 
New Orleans understands that its draw is very wide and broad. And because of the music and the vibe and the adult nature of the city, they are very welcoming. In fact, we have a pride parade now. We started with just a parade. It was an impromptu thing we did many years ago going down Bourbon Street. And the police department is very nice and really a great partner with us here in New Orleans, came to us and said, you know, next year uh, you really need to get a permit and we'll actually block the street off for you and we'll even give you a police escort. Wow. And I was like, wow, I, I never thought that was possible. <laughs> so we did that for a couple of years and it grew and grew and grew. And last year we did something, uh, I think, historical for the swinging lifestyle. We We actually changed the name for the first time and called it the Swinger Pride Parade. And for the first time, people actually made signs and carried signs <laughs> down Bourbon Street saying, I'm a proud swinger and monogamy isn't natural and I don't cheat. I love it. Oh, John, we have to go back because I want to hear your song. Are you running for mayor soon? <laughs> <laughs> That's you a good idea. I should do that next going year. On there. Yes, you should. We need more politicians that actually say, I am fucking other people. <laughs> Well, that's that's a nice thing about our lifestyle and us personally, Tess and I, is we're out there and all of our family knows about us. And while some may not understand our decisions, they certainly respect us and love us. And that's what's important. That is very important. So the first time I showed my tits in public was there at Naughty New Orleans. <laughs> and it was at that parade. Yep. Just- yeah, you, you, do, you definitely won't get arrested in New Orleans for showing your boobs. No. I do remember one funny moment there when some guy from like a strip club was trying to lure us in and like, oh, there's naked girls in here, chief. <laughs> like, like, really? <laughs> really? Oh, I forgot about that. It's true that the strip clubs take a hit during Naughty in New Orleans. They, <laughs> they usually make their money during corporate conventions when all the married men are here, That's right. supposedly at a work convention. But during our convention, people are more interested in what's on the street and in our private parties than in the strip clubs. But I, I did remember vaguely a a strip club takeover. We did. Cat fell in love with one of the strippers. We had to pull her out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of the strip clubs are very couple lifestyle friendly. In fact, some of them even do once a month a kinky night on a Wednesday night, which I think is kind of cool. And they tie up the strippers to the poles in the middle. It's and we support those strip clubs and we support all the all the places on Bourbon Street because they support us and don't bat an eye welcoming our people in. As you said, they put signs in the windows saying, Naughty New Orleans attendees, come on in. And even some of them say swingers are welcome. Yeah, they do. We think that's great. What other city in the country could you see that in except for New Orleans? We've traveled a lot around the world and not in New Orleans. New Orleans in itself is unique and the most welcoming for all sexualities. It doesn't matter what it is. Transgender, gay, poly, swinger, kink, doesn't matter. Bikers, however they want to label it, even the monogamous. We have plenty of other stuff going on at Naughty New Orleans. It was one of our first times that we actually got into the king scene. Remember that? It was the very first time. Yeah, the workshops. You guys do a fantastic job on putting workshops together and pulling some great subject matter experts. Well, people come for the party. I mean, that's why they come. But we think it's our responsibility to bring education to the table. And so that's a big part of what we do. We have a lot of seminars for new people, either newbies or beginners that talk about communication, 
dealing with jealousy. But we also have different tracks on Tantra and couples massage, so partners can learn skills they can take home after Naughty in New Orleans. And we added the BDS&M track to it many years ago, and it's become very popular. And a lot of kinky couples that were lifestyle couples are now leaning into the kinky world, and I think it's a great marriage. It is yep. a great marriage. It's it, made a great marriage for us. <laughs> I remember it was the first time that the missus got hold of a flogger, and now she's doing her own demos and training and training others. So yeah, we go to events. We get uh, asked to be the guest speakers now. It's it's thanks, Bob and Tess. <laughs> yeah, it's you all start, your fault. <laughs> you started our path down this. You should see our play gear now. Jeez. <laughs> You should see our dungeons now. They've gotten even better, and our instructors have gotten even better, and we'd love to have you guys come back and speak. We would love to. We would absolutely love to. Uh, we might just have to take you up on that very soon. So tell us a little bit about the parties that you put together, because you have a couple of different unique rooms that I walked into and was just mesmerized like a kid in a candy shop. Well, Tess and I met in art school, so I'm kind of an artsy-fartsy, sensitive guy, and one of the things I always saw when I went to conventions was they would just take hotel rooms and open them and say, here's the playroom. And there was nothing really fun or sexy to it. Mm-mm. And there was a lot of people standing in the hall, and I kept looking in the rooms, and nobody was in the rooms. And a few people thought, well, we'll put black lights in there, well, to set the ambiance. And let me tell you, black lights are not the right tool. <laughs> so we decided we'd make things a little sexier. So we went out and bought a lot of Asian fabrics and silks of different colors, uh, mm. peacock blues and silvers and golds and and reds. And we got some velours and and fabrics that felt good and and was good on your skin. And then we bought some decor that was really kind of Tantra-esque in its nature. And then we worked on lighting and music. We even bought diffusers so that it smelled really nice in these rooms. So at the end of the day, when you walk in, it looks like a beautiful Tantra palace. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want each of our rooms to feel like. Because in reality, most guys don't really care. <laughs> but the girls do. But the do. girls do. Mm-hmm. You're right. And if we can make them feel sexy and sensuous and, and put a place together where they say, okay, I, I can do something in here, the guys are going to be happy because the ladies are happy. And that's that was my goal. And we've created something, I think, really nice. In fact... We've added some some interesting twists to our room since you've been here, but we have group rooms, we have dungeons, mm-hmm. we have rooms just for the ladies to play, uh, we have private rooms, we have dark rooms. But I think the decorations and the atmosphere ambiance is what really is our signature thing. We call it the perfect playroom. Mm-hmm. We're getting better every day and improving every year. So you haven't been back since 2009. So give us a try now. I think you'd be surprised. I I remember the great quality and the atmosphere there. The only thing that broke the atmosphere was that one woman who screamed like a pig when she was having an orgasm. John! What? (laughs) Sorry about that, John. (laughs) Not your fault, but that was... (laughs) It might have been. She was having a lovely time. (laughs) And it was his fault for making her do what she was doing. So I'm not going to blame her. We're going to blame you. Okay, so my favorite scene is funny that that sticks in your mind. My favorite scene is walking out in the hall and John is standing there in, I think, only his underwear, if not naked. And he has his hands on his hip like a superhero. And there were folks that were in the hall that were chilling, drinking water, getting, you know, some 
appetizers and stuff. And I remember one of the men, they said, who are you, the superhero? And John said, I feel like it. And he had just got done doinking Mrs. Piggy is basically what it was. But he he had such an awesome time having kinky or sexy times with the guests. And the guests were loving him. He just had this this look on him that I don't normally see, but he was like that superhero guy. (laughs) And they had pizza. Somebody had pizza. (laughs) You gotta have pizza. That's what we are having. It's another signature thing we do. We, we order about 50 Domino's pizzas every night after a long day of partying and drinking and, well, quite frankly, having sex. You need a little carbs at the end of the night to keep continuing. <laughs> yes, I agree. Hi, this is Emily from Cassidy, and you can find me and hundreds of other sexually social swingers at Cassidy.Blissbringers.com. And that's spelled K-A-S-I-D-I-E. Hi, I'm Daniel Stern. I'm the author of Swingland Between the Sheets of the Secretive, Sometimes Messy, but Always Adventurous Swinging Lifestyle. Out right now in hardback and ebook, available at all bookstores and at blissbringers.com slash swingland. So, tell us about your cruises. Well, cruises is just a extension of Naughty at New Orleans. It's really getting naughty at sea is what we call it. We love cruises, been on many cruises and been to many resorts. We like to travel and see things and go to different islands and different locations. And mm-hmm. one day it hit us, why not do this on a cruise? So we started by doing small groups on cruises and we were very limited on what we could do initially because we didn't have the entire ship. And not in New Orleans, we have the entire hotel. So you can walk in your underwear, a robe, a towel, down the halls, in the elevator, to the playrooms, to the party. It doesn't matter because we have the whole hotel. So initially, we did some small groups, and they grew to 100 couples, 200 couples, 300 couples. All we did was take over the disco during the day and have some sexy parties, and then people went back to their cabins and had fun. And once we got up to about 360 cabins the cruise lines called us and said who are you people (laughs) (laughs) we need to have a meeting (laughs) so we flew down to miami and met with a couple of the largest cruise companies in the world and they said you need to do a charter and we said we know that we're working on it we're building up our numbers and so we booked our first charter which was two years from then actually was 2008 first time we met you two years later we did our first full ship charter and it was such a huge success because like naughty in new orleans you can walk around in your underwear or robe you can be naked by the pool you can be topless you can wear a thong bikini it doesn't matter whatever you feel comfortable with it's about being yourself that's what we do on our couples cruises and you also make spectacular playrooms with the silk sheets and everything we do in fact you'd be amused we pack up two tractor trailer semi trucks and we take them down to miami or to tampa or fort lauderdale wherever the cruise is going out of and we take them on board the week before and we stage everything on board the ship and then the day of our cruise we have a team of about 60 people come on board and they start putting up things like maniacs (laughs) and by the end of the first day I think it's at 9 p.m. We have our first open house, and we let everybody tour the rooms while nobody's in there doing anything. And people are just amazed. We have a lot of non-swingers that come on board, too, and beginners. And they're afraid to go in the playroom. So we 
host these open houses where people can go in and know there's not going to be anything going on. Oh, what a great idea. So that's a good question. So you do invite non-swingers or we'll say those are just open-minded, but they haven't started playing with other people yet. You let them in in the shallow end of the pool. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it, John. I'm going to add that to my website tomorrow. <laughs> That's a great way. Yeah, they dip their toe in the pool by coming on a couples cruise because there's going to be up to 1,800 couples on board. The smallest ones we've done are 1,000 couples for the big takeovers. They can come on and meet nudists, kinksters, swingers, or just people that like Fantasy Fest, Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't swing or swap. Maybe they just go in the rooms and watch people and get turned on. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're voyeurs or exhibitionists, or maybe they never go in there at all. It doesn't matter. We're giving them a kid-free environment to have a really fun, over-the-top theme cruise for a week, and it's really taking off. And where's your destination? Where are you guys going? Well, it changes every cruise. Last year, we did three cruises. We did an Eastern Caribbean cruise, a Western Caribbean cruise, and we did a California cruise. What? And you didn't drop by? I can't believe it. Where did you guys uh, sail out of? We left out of Los Angeles, and we went down to Puerto Vallada, and we went to Los Cabos and Ensenada. And it was a really great cruise because most of our cruises have been on the East Coast. It was our first Mm -hmm. West Coast cruise. So a lot of West Coast people got introduced to our brand, and they absolutely loved it. Mm, did you guys go to Papa's and Beers in Ensenada? You know, we did, as a matter of fact. And they we do those there. crazy tequila shots. <laughs> we had a private party. We took over the whole Papa's and Beers and had a great big party there. It was awesome. Oh, my gosh. No one left sober, I can tell you right now. I <laughs> uh, certainly didn't. Yeah, Next time you need to go into San Francisco. It's It's a prime destination, man. Well, you know, we actually did a pre-cruise on the same ship, and it went out of... Los Angeles up to Santa Barbara, Monterey, and into San, uh, San Francisco. That would have been fun. And we had a great time. But there's a rule for all cruises. They have to go to a foreign port. So after San Francisco, we actually went down to Ensenada so we could say we went to a foreign port. But that's a possibility in the future to come to San Francisco and do a big, massive party by the bay. Yay! Uh, Swing pride with gay pride. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That would be so much fun. There's plenty of uh, events in San Francisco that would fit the demographic. Well, we have a lot of interesting cruises coming up. Our next cruise goes out of Miami, and it's just a short little four-day jaunt. And then we're doing a a longer cruise in Europe out of Amsterdam in October. So that's very interesting. We're doing a river cruise. It's going down the Rhine, Holland, and Germany, and France through the Black Forest, through the Rhine River Gorge. We're going to be stopping in cities like Cologne and going to swing clubs and, oh, of I course, the clubs in Amsterdam. Yep. And we'll end up in Switzerland. So that's going to be a unique thing for us, a couple's cruise. And we hope to be doing more river cruises down the road to Prague and Budapest and, and who knows. <laughs> Somebody's jumping up and down here. <laughs> I want that. M- maybe I can volunteer as a native guide. And, oh, there you go. Do you it's need somebody who speaks the language? Speaks the language. And our big takeover is next year out of Miami again, and we're going to St. Martin and a private island just for us, a clothing-optional private island, and to Puerto Rico. So that should be a really nice uh, cruise next year. That would be a really nice one. What month is that one? We go this year and next year in April, and the one next year will have over 1,600 cabins on it. That's really nice. Now, you mentioned the Amsterdam one. Is it completely booked? Can guests still attend it? 
It's 50% booked right now. It's okay. a small cruise, of course, a river cruise, and we have 90 cabins on board. So we've sold 43, I think, so far. So we still have room for about another 45 couples, and that should be something really special. We're going to actually have the ship in Amsterdam for a couple days before the cruise. It's it's one of those bucket list yes. uh, cruises because not only are you on a cruise – and going through Europe, but you're going to swing clubs. We have a clothing optional indoor heated pool. Mm. It's just going to be an amazing adventure. And all your drinks are included. I'm going. Free alcohol. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> well, it's no, certainly not free. We all pay for it one way or another, but right. it's a good price for what you get. And it's kind of like our Oktoberfest. We're going to be cruising through Germany in October, going to different beer gardens during the day and swing clubs at night. Oh, my God, the European men. All I can think about right now is their accents. <laughs> it's not the accents she's thinking about. Well, the accents and their cocks go together, but it's okay. Yeah, I would love to. Love mm-hmm. to. Tess certainly loves Amsterdam, one of her favorite places. Her favorite club in the world is Fun for Two. She met a German guy whose only English that he ever spoke was My American Princess. Oh, over and over and over again. <laughs> so we have not explored enough swing clubs over in that area. John, I think we need to talk. We need to go on this trip. Well, we only did Italy and Belgium yeah. in terms of clubs. So we have been on a swinger-style cruise, but they did not coordinate going to clubs. There was kind of like an ad hoc run to a club in Rome. It wasn't the best experience. So I I really applaud you guys for putting this together. And You know the clubs. You've already spoken to the, the owners. You're coordinating it. And I think that's fantastic for those people that are traveling from the U.S. out to locations that they've never been to. It's, it's best to go with event coordinators. Don't do what we did. <laughs> it's kind now, of scary. When I hear all this, I'm thinking these guys must be planning 24-7. Do you have time to do anything fun yourself these days? We live in New Orleans, John. We have fun all the time. In fact, I'm working today at the office on a Saturday, but this afternoon we have a festival, music festival, right across the street from us. And then at 10.30, we're going to a burlesque show. And then after that, we're going to Colette for their 14th anniversary, Ooh, that's a great which tour. is our local swing club. So yeah, yeah we work yeah. hard, we play hard, we have a pretty full life. That's a good motto right there. Any funny things happen during the cruises? Oh, Lord, you have no idea. One thing that we do on our cruises and at Night in New Orleans that not a lot of people do is we have a full staff in our playrooms. And all of our mattresses we bring on board, and they're wrapped in vinyl so that if you have squirters or any kind of issues, nothing penetrates the mattress. So you always have a nice, clean surface. In fact, as soon as a couple gets off the bed, our staff pulls the sheets We spray the vinyl with a sanitizer, and then we dry it, and then they put clean sheets on it. It's amazing. So the place is always spotless clean, ready to go, and there's a line of people to get on every single bed. Every mattress is full all night, every night, from open to close. And we had a poor girl on our last cruise who wasn't feeling good and was starting to get woozy, and somebody was concerned, so they called the nurse's station. And the nurse came running up with a wheelchair and got to the playroom and came into the playroom. Now, the playroom was in full swing, <laughs> and she was in the middle of a giant eight beds pushed together orgy with probably about 45 people on the bed. <laughs> and they were right in the middle. And the husband said, I, she's diabetic. She's probably having a 
issue with her insulin. I just need to get her a shot. So the nurse is standing there, wide-eyed, <laughs> with her hands on the on the wheelchair, wanting to know what to do. And so they went and grabbed her by the ankles and scooted her off the bed, put her in the wheelchair. But all the couples around, nobody stopped. <laughs> nobody missed a beat. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was quite funny. Our people told me I, I wasn't there, but every day we have a morning meeting, and I hear the different stories. In fact, I think I need to make a compilation book saying a funny thing happened last night in the playroom because we've seen and heard just about everything. You can sell it. People love reading about that kind of thing. You know, I go in there some nights about two o'clock in the morning, and it really is amazing to me to just walk around and see so many people having such a good time that they couldn't do anywhere else in the world. I, I've honestly never seen that many people having sex at one time anywhere <laughs> else in the world. And I've been to the biggest parties there are. I've been to the biggest clubs. I've had the owner of Trapeze standing next to me at one of my parties going, Bob, this is overwhelming even for me, and he runs one of the largest sex clubs in the world. But I wonder if Guinness Book of, of Records has a record on... Oh, the, like the most people fucking at one time? Biggest orgy or something like that? I, I'm pretty certain we could break that record if there is one. I'm, I'm going to Google, Google that when I get off. That'll off be line. good. So I have to ask, how many mattresses do you guys bring on board the ship? We have 120 that we bring aboard. And that also includes uh, the dungeons and all of our playrooms. We don't have one playroom. We have between four and six on every one of our cruise ships. Wow. So you have two tractor trailers full of mattresses and all the accessories to make a beautiful wild party on the open waters. In the past, we just did this ourselves, Tess and I. But we've grown to such a point we had to hire a production manager from Los Angeles. And now all of our equipment, it's all in a huge warehouse. And all of our materials and shears and velours and silks, they're all color coordinated in boxes with numbers on them that are inventoried before we take them on the ship. And they're inventoried on the ship before they're packed and taken home. It's very organized, very methodical. Mm. And it's done. It's amazing to watch. I go on those ships at seven in the morning before any of the passengers do with my team. And I watch the whole thing transform. And the people on the ship are amazed at the end of the day when they see what our team puts together. They're not fucking around with fucking around. Get it down to a science. That's right. I'm going to use that as a tagline, too. I need to talk to you more often, John. Yeah, I'll, we'll discuss royalties afterwards. <laughs> He's so Sounds loud. good. Shout out. Shout out. We did receive some since last episode, but we can always use more suggestions for shoutouts. This one goes out to Swinger Diaries, a brand new podcast. You know what? Why don't I let them explain it to you? Dear Diary, we never expected to become swingers. We actually resisted it for a long time. Now, we just can't deny it anymore. It's too much fun, and this amazing journey has given us some secret, sexy stories to tell. This podcast is our attempt to educate, entertain, and pay it forward to all the curious, skeptical, and nervous future swingers out there. Welcome back to Swinger Diaries. I'm Paige. 
Peach. And I'm Penn. You can visit us on our blog page at swingerdiaries.wordpress.com. In addition to our program's blog, our feed is available through iTunes and Stitcher. What kind of tips would you give to the first-timers that have not attended one of your events? A couple of tips I would give people is, on the first day, act like it's your last day. It's one thing I see over and over again is people come and they're really slow and cautious and they are afraid to really dress up, to really do much. And by the last day, they're jumping around, they're with it, they got it, they're dressing up, they're having fun, they're having a party, and they're trying to cram everything in that last day because they leave in the morning. Start with that same attitude on Wednesday or on a cruise ship the first day you get there. And that's a great way to make sure you get the most for your experience. Another thing I would say is communicate with your partner. Make sure when you go into an event like this, you kind of know what your goals are for the week. A lot of people say, have your rules down, but I don't like the word rules. Rules can be broken. I like the word guidelines. Come up with guidelines because you can change your guidelines as the week goes on. Early in the week, you might say, you know, we're just going to do this. And later in the week, you meet an awesome couple. You come together as a couple and you say, you know, I think we should do this. Mm-hmm. That may not be what you started with as a goal at the beginning of the week. But by the end of the week, you may try some new things like you guys did when you tried the dungeon out. You discover a part of you that you didn't really realize it was there. Yeah, but we ad- advise against changing your rules in the middle of a play scene. I agree with that. I think you should have these discussions in your room afterwards. I don't think in the middle of a play scene, when you've agreed, all right, we're not going to have sex tonight at the play scene, and then you turn around, your partner's having sex. That's a no-no. But if you decide, we're not going to have sex, we're just going to kind of play around, and then you go back to your room and say, hey, that couple we met, I think we could actually have sex with them. And then you talk it out, and then the next day, you can go from there. Do you have couples that don't necessarily want to meet other couples? They just go there for a good fuck fist, so they don't have to have an intimate conversation or get to know people first? Sure. In fact, we have one room called the dark room, which is pitch black. You can't see anything in there. You have no idea who's in there. It's completely anonymous, indiscriminate. Maybe sharks. You have no idea. And we have people that meet in the group rooms, and they might be in one of the semi-private rooms that has a sheer curtain between them, and they're watching the couple next to them, and all of a sudden they'll peek in there, and, and the other couple will make a gesture where they're welcome, and next thing you know, they're sharing a bed together. Mm-hmm. Is there any rules for uh, how to join in an orgy? So let's say John and I walk in and it's the orgy room. Everything's going on. There's some available space. We have some classes that kind of go over the etiquette and guidelines. But what we like to tell people is when you're next to another couple, get eye contact with them. If they turn away quickly, they're probably not interested. If they look at you and smile, that's your first step. And if we're playing next to a couple that we're interested in, usually – Tess will brush up against the other girl or do something very non-sexual like touch her ankle or put her foot up against the other one's foot and see what kind of action they get from that. If they run away screaming, that's usually a bad sign. (laughs) That's usually a bad sign. So for me with the orgies, when someone like Tess grabs my hand, there's just this electricity that goes between the participants. So I could have my foot touching someone else. I could have someone holding my hands. Just this connection. Are you talking about the violet wand again? No, I'm talking about having sex and there's electricity going between the bodies. Yeah, violet wand, right? No, John. Okay.
It does happen. Sometimes you don't even have sex with the other person. It's just two couples together. The the women are holding hands and looking in each other's eyes while they're having sex with their own partners. And it creates just this energy that's just amazing. And sometimes you switch partners with somebody and Tess is having sex with somebody else and watching me with somebody else. And that communication through our eyes so awesome. and through those senses is just something you can't explain to people. Mm-mm. You know, I've seen posts on Facebook in different places where swinging is mentioned and people go, ooh, yuck, I could never do that. But you really don't know till you're there in that moment. I was very nervous the first time we had a threesome with somebody. I didn't know if this was going to work or not until that moment happened. And then I knew this is fantastic. I had butterflies in my stomach. I looked into my wife's eyes and I thought, this is amazing. And I didn't know why at the time. Was it I a girl or a guy? The, your first, your first, the first reason with us was a girl. Tess introduced us to a neighbor of ours that was a female friend of hers. And she had told stories to Tess about being in the lifestyle and doing things and how awesome it was. And Tess says, really? And came and talked to me about it and says, I don't know if I could see you with somebody else. But I would like her to come over and see what that's like. And I said, baby, that's awesome. (laughs) And so we're I'm watching these two have an amazing time. When they finally got done, they're laying there. And I'm like, this is the most amazing experience I've ever seen. And she says to me, all right, it's your turn. And I said, wait a second. You said you weren't ready for this. And I said, no. I said, I didn't know if I was ready. But we're here. And now I am. Mm. And we actually all three got together and had an amazing time. And that's kind of what started us Mm. down this road. I I guess it was about six months later, a male friend of mine was over. And I thought to myself, hmm, you know, I've been having fun with these two girls. That's all great. It's every guy's fantasy. But how would I feel about another man? Even though we had kind of talked about it, pillow talk, having sex. Mm -hmm. So I went over to Tess when he was in the other room and said, do you think you'd be interested with this person like we are with, you know, this other female? Do you think that's something you could try one day? And Tess goes, oh, my God, that's a great idea. I'm going to go upstairs and get ready right now. <laughs> and she ran up the stairs. And I was like, wait, no, I was just, I was it was just, just a conversation. You opened but that Pandora's box. You're not putting her back in it. <laughs> I did. It was kind of neat. I, I went and told my friend about what we were doing and asked him if he'd like to go upstairs. And he said, sure, why not? And we had a great time. And that's kind of how it started. We didn't know what swingers were. We didn't know there was a lifestyle. We were just fucking our friends. That's awesome. When did you guys first dip your toe into the shallow end of the pool? Oh, Lord, you're going to make us look old now. You can say Uh, years. (laughs) It's actually a great story. Tess and I met in line in college. I was 17 years old. And... I had never kissed a woman in my life. Tess was my first girlfriend, my first lover, the first girl I ever kissed in my life. And it was seven years after that that we had our first threesome. It's been quite a journey ever since then, but it's been over 20 years that we've been dabbling in this lifestyle. And we've been in it hardcore for a while and then kind of took a break and uh, not for any real personal reasons, just because... The people we were having lots of sex with, we moved. So things slowed down until we met more people. And we've tried different things over different years. And it was singles at first, couples exclusively for a while. And now we almost play with singles more than couples because it's just easier. It is easier. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find four people that all gel Mm -hmm. exactly together. Yeah, if you find it, grab those people. Hold on to them. We have a few friends like that and we cherish them. 
Mm-hmm. Just so you guys know, you and Tess are on our bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. You know, Naughty in New Orleans is July 29th to August 2nd. Hey, when I have hot flashes, I won't be able to tell because I'll be sweating from the humidity. <laughs> <laughs> our, our playrooms are very air-conditioned. They are. You know, you really do a fantastic job. We talk more about your events than any of the other events that we've ever attended. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate all the work that you guys put into putting these events together for us. Well, we appreciate what you guys do, too. You're getting the word out on the Internet through these podcasts and your blogs and letting people know that just being kinky is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's not for everyone. But the information you put out is giving people courage to Mm -hmm. put their toe in the water. And once they decide to put their toe in the water, they have a great event like ours and our cruises where they can do it. There's no pressure. There's no requirements to be nude, have sex, do anything they don't want to do. But they can actually immerse themselves in a very alternative lifestyle atmosphere. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of the interwebs, we got a question in from the interwebs, from the Twitter. The guys from the Hidden Swing podcast, first they congratulate you with setting up the cruises. They went on the November cruise last year, and Uh they ask, uh, what's their plan to keep future cruises fresh? So how do you go about in coming up with new stuff? When we plan our cruises, we look at a couple different things. Number one, we look at the destination. And that's why we're adding Europe to our cruises this year to give people different options. We're also looking at different islands and different itineraries so that people are not going back to the same places. Even when we do go back to the same places, we are looking at different excursions. On our last one, we took over a beach club in Cozumel that was fantastic. It held 1,200 people. Some were naked, some were topless, some were wearing thongs, and it had a huge water park. We're talking naked water slides. Mm, and yeah. I want to go. <laughs> I can, so I can live my life up with events. new things. <laughs> we're always coming up with new things to do on our cruises as far as excursions and itineraries, but we're also doing new things on board the ships. We're having different DJs. We're bringing live bands and live music on board. We're bringing different speakers. We're having different sexologists, different tantra teachers. That way we keep mixing up the experience on board. Different kinksters. Different kinksters. And there's always different people on board. There is. So having different people to meet, all these things are what makes our cruises different. There's four things that make our cruises special. The destination. And then we always say it's not always the destination. It's the journey. And the journey, that experience on the boat, those sea days where you're just partying, having fun, that's what makes our cruises so different than any other cruise. Because of the clothing optional, because of the seminars and workshops, because of the playrooms, because of the theme nights, Mm -hmm. dressing up. We keep changing the theme nights to different things. We did a superhero night on one of our recent ones that was just, it was a real hoot. People really dressed up crazy. Oh, that would have been fun. perfect for you with that Superman look when you, with your hands on your hips. Dun, dun, dun. I think I'm going to wait for a crawfish night. <laughs> wait till you see our theme nights. We're, we actually just did a video. You'll see it soon where we all change into different costumes. And we're serious business people. We're chartering serious ships. Last year, our company did over $12 million in business. And we had 8,000 passengers on our cruise ships. But at the same time, we like to have fun. But be silly. We're serious people with a silly afterthought. And I think that's what makes our cruises and our conventions successful. I love it. When are we going? John, I can start back. You know, it's so funny. I'm sitting here going, oh, do we have a party tonight? I'm all in the party mood now. (laughs) 
I am too. I can't wait to go to Colette's party tonight. It's going to be a big crowd. Some people say, oh, we don't like the big events. But you make memories and friendships that last a lifetime. Agreed. And we all work so hard. Everybody has jobs and they, they forget to take care of themselves. What we do is we give an alternative to going to Disney World with the kids. We give an adult vacation that people can go and they can create memories. But more importantly, you create friendships. And those are special friendships mm -hmm. that go beyond the average friends we have on Facebook that we drive by and just barely kind of get to know. Once you've seen them naked, there's little sense in keeping secrets, right? <laughs> uh, that is quite true. There are some people that I don't need to know anything else. <laughs> We actually helped redesign the playrooms at Colette as well here in New Orleans, and they just opened up a new Colette's in Dallas, and I flew up there and spent two weeks on the design of the playrooms there. So I really think Colette has gone a long way to have one of the really nicest playrooms I've seen at a lifestyle club. So for your listeners out there that are going to New Orleans or Dallas, come check out Colette and check out their playrooms, and you'll get a little taste of Bob and Tess. What part of Dallas is it located? It's in the north section. It used to be Iniquities. The owners of Colette bought Iniquities and did a massive remodel, put all new club furniture downstairs and Excellent. expanded the playroom in the back, put some group rooms, put in a movie theater, really expanded the club, more square footage, brought in all these sumptuous fabrics and decor and lighting and and made it smell nice and... You know, that's what we're all about, creating that experience. Well, I have business events down in Dallas, so I might have to fly in early or stay a little late. <laughs> There she goes again. What about you, Bob? Where can people find out more about your events and cruises? Well, our cruise site is couplescruise.com, and they can find our conventions at frenchconnectionevents.com. We will put yeah. those links in the show notes. I'll have a little tease coming out, too. We're probably going to be sponsoring Fantasy Fest this year and doing a new Couples Fest in Key West. So that's a new thing. We don't have all the details on it yet, but in the next month, that's going to hit the streets. So Awesome sauce. Sweet. That's good stuff. Thank you so much, Bob. And we Thank will look so forward to running into you soon. Well, gosh, I hope we do more than just running in. Yeah, I was well, thanks for having us, guys. And I look forward to seeing you guys in New Orleans soon. And I look really forward to seeing you, mistress. Oh, my little heart's pitter-pattering. All right. Until next time, what's your pleasure? All names mentioned in this show are either fictional, taken from public record, or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned. For more information on our cruises, go to Blissbringers. Oh, I just have such a hard time with that word. Blissbringers.com. I need to say it slower. Slow down.